you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all. You're listening to Shattered Order's Out of Order Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the fourth, fifth, fifth, fourth episode of the Out of Order Podcast. We got something special for you guys today. I'm here with my buddy, Wink, and we also have here with us from CG... Brandon Shiel. So, how's it going, guys? Hello. It's going good. Good. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. We really appreciate it. Uh, sounds like you guys have been pretty busy after getting back from the holidays. So, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us about some new stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like, love to discuss the new characters. Awesome. So, you hinted it right there. We are going to talk about two new characters coming to the game. And uh, before I even talk about them, I wanted to ask you, uh, I know there's a lot of people there at CG, and we have never heard from you before, Brandon, so what do you do there at CG? Yeah, I work on character design and implementation, also some of the uh, events. So I worked on the Dark Side Territory Battle, so you can thank me for making it difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Hold off on that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, how long you worked there? Um, almost two years now. Uh, I think I started in May of 2016. Have you been a developer for Galaxy of Heroes your entire time there? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So Very pretty nice. much since the beginning. Two mo- yeah. two years ago, that was so what the February? Yeah, pretty dang close. What was what was coming out in there? So you must have been mm-hmm. developing guilds right around when you started, huh? Or the CG yeah, I think was. Guilds came out right as I was coming on or right before. And I think the first major feature I got to work on was the ship's um, release and content. Very nice. Cool. Very cool. So, well, oh, these two new characters are coming from The Last Jedi. So my real question is, what did you think of The Last Jedi? I enjoyed it quite a bit. I know there's been a lot of criticism around the movie. Uh, I've gone twice. I felt like I enjoyed it more the second time, having understood the context and what they were trying to achieve with the movie more. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think? Yeah, uh, definitely I'm, agree there. I'll say I'm right with you because the first time it was all super critical eye the whole time and the second time I just got to watch it to enjoy it as a Star Wars fan. So I definitely liked it better the second time. And uh, I think one of the most interesting things is I have no idea what's going to happen in the next one. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, it leaves it in a place where a lot of things could happen in the next movie. I like that I had some preconceived notions going to the movie that were shook, right? Like I really wanted to know a backstory to Snoke and didn't find that out and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe there's still some to go there, but who knows? Yeah. No <laughs> telling. Did you well, guys have favorite um, characters from the movie? Oh. Yeah, I think my favorite character... I think in all of it is uh, Elo Nasty, so or Elo Asty. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that too. I um I wasn't crazy about Kylo in the Force Awakens, but I thought what they did with him in this movie was really awesome. So I was a pretty big fan of his character arc. So I like that a lot. Yeah, it was good to see him actually go somewhere more and develop a little bit more beyond just being an angry 
<laughs> a black, yeah, no a black wearing emo kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, talking about developing characters is a pretty good segue. Uh, so what what impact did you have on these two new characters, which are Holdo and Rose? So I came in a little later in the process of uh, the designing of these characters. I was primarily implementing and did some iterations on them after getting some feedback with our design team and game balance team. Um, so I made some of the changes with their feedback, mostly. Okay, gotcha. Um, so could you kind of give us a rundown on like what what the goal was with uh, Holdo? Like, um, what were y'all trying to achieve with her and? What were you, you know, I guess, what was the end goal for making her as far as uh, working with, I guess, other resistance characters or anything of the sort? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I know our top goal was to make Holdo viable in as a top meta resistance squad. Um, so you're vying against some other top characters that are already in Jedi training ray uh, squads like General Kenobi or CLS. And when we finally got her to the tuning place where you could definitely run Jedi Training Raid lead, R2, BB-8, Holdo, and Holdo would surpass in effectiveness um, even General Kenobi in that, in that tank role traditionally. Sometimes you'll run both of them in, in different compositions, though. So um, Just trying to balance that with not going too far. Like, we didn't want to replace, you know, General Kenobi in all squad compositions, but at least in the resistance composition. Okay. Uh, yeah, really focusing I, on her being an effective PvP character. Um, I think her gear is a little bit more accessible than some of the other tanks and hard to gear up characters in our game, which is a nice thing for a new character. That's very exciting. Yeah. Well, it's so, fine. Let, let's just uh, start off with Holdo then. And so we're talking about her, but we haven't really said much. So let's talk about what she is, right? So Amelyn Holdo. The description we have is a seasoned resistance tank with powerful ally support and enemy debuffs. Now, that she's so she's a tank, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Uh, she's an intellect or tactics, I think is now a term we use, tank. Um, definitely has some support ability, some ability to like give your other uh, resistance characters survivability. Now is she a she's a taunting tank, correct? Not just a uh, health, just a character with a bunch of health. Yes, absolutely. Um, and her taunt is uh, it triggers some conditional effect on her unique as well for quiet confidence. Uh, so she has the ability to gain taunt, but also interact with if she has taunt. Okay, so let I'll uh, talk about that. So the unique is quiet confidence, and that's her taunt basically in the what it says here is with the zeta when another resistance ally loses foresight amelin holdo gains taunt for one turn and recovers 10 percent health while amelin holdo doesn't taunt have taunt she has 50 or 50 speed and all other resistance allies have plus 20 percent crit avoidance and uh as far as the foresight when they lose foresight to give her taunt she actually gives foresight with her basic correct yes yeah um when 
and and there's an upgrade on that when when it uh, expires, that ally recovers 10% health. Uh, but yeah, the basic measured shot nice. deal physical damage to target enemy and the least healthy other resistance ally gains foresight for two turns. The idea there is she's trying to protect the units that need it the most in combat. So if they're hammering one of your units really hard, she's likely on her basic to give that foresight, give it a little bit extra time. And then she's yep. going to be able to gain taunt when that foresight goes off. So as long as they can't kill it in one shot, you're likely to be able to get her taunt to trigger before that unit dies. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And especially with, you know, a character like Ray, if you have her Zated, you're kind of getting that foresight uh, quite a bit anyway. So mm-hmm. gives plenty of opportunities for her to taunt. I kind of like that in that unique ability, y'all kind of... Uh, so almost kind of the way she was in the movie and that, you know, she's kind of protecting everybody, but it's, you know, in a little bit different way. It's a little bit more passive kind of. Uh, yeah, it's not an indirect like statement, like active ability or I'm going to go to protect this unit. It's just She's going to do it at the right time. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, and these two special abilities with her are really awesome. I think uh, her first special, which is Bunker Buster, both of these have a five term cooldown, which is pretty high you don't see you know cooldowns that high very commonly but it yeah, deals special special yeah either, right? yeah that's definitely true um and she kind of reminds me of old ben in that way in that he has those really long cooldowns but you get quite a bit out of those abilities so like this first ability where she damages all enemies and inflicts days for two turns and then uh she inflicts defense sound evasion down on the primary target for two turns uh that is a really cool ability because days is one of, especially in AOE days, that's not something that we see much in the game. And especially with resistance, you know, adding more debuffs to them, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, and, and more uh, varied um, debuffs too, right? It's not just exposed. We've already seen a lot of exposed on the resistance characters before. So giving them some utility outside of that. Obviously, this is going to be really great against CLS lead squads with the AOE days. Absolutely, for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Also, keep the enemy BB-8s at bay. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, for sure. Now, the second special I think is the biggest thing that Resistance was lacking. Um, uh, Reprieve is the name of the ability, and it dispels all debuffs on the target other ally, and um, they recover 40% health and 20% protection. Those are some pretty hefty health gains. I mean, that's like Zeta Hermit Yoda stuff. At one point, we had considered putting the ability to target any ally, so it would have even been able to target herself, and we decided, okay, she's already really like strong tank. Her base stats are pretty high for health and protection at max level. So it's really powerful utility, but we didn't want to overpower it with her being a tank that could also heal herself. Yeah, <laughs> that is understandable. Yeah, it's with that much health and protection on her to be able to recover that much, that would be rough to fight against for sure. But definitely a good way to add some survivability to your other resistance characters or any other character. Um, and yeah, like you said, there weren't a lot of ways to dispel on resistance, right? I mean, Poe and Finn have some sort of synergy where they can do some dispels, but it's not the same as being able to get rid of all of the exposes or all the buff immunities on one certain character, right? I'd say Finn has... Finn's uh, second special dispels everyone's debuffs, doesn't it? I think that was the only one that there was. So adding a second one... It's like a hot on them, right? Like a heal over time, but not a 
it's not an instant heal. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? So if you wanted to, let's say, run two teams, two resistance teams, right now you've got... So adding in these two characters, like you said, will give you 10, uh, 10 resistance total, right? But to get a debuff or to get a dispel on a RJT team... Uh, if you needed to put Finn in there, it would p- totally disable the other team. So having another yeah. character that can do that really adds the extra utility for resistance. Yeah, and when we talked about that composition, you know, Finn wasn't in the Jedi Trading Raid ideal team for the top PvP meta, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, you could, uh, in Territory Wars, you could run now two full resistance squads with the amount of characters and... No, that's, that's something interesting to figure out. Which what are the ideal two combinations to run there, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, that's one of the most interesting parts about this. I think uh, something else that I noticed that second special where she uh, recovers, pr- she heals protection back. Mm-hmm. Is there another character that does that without a Zeta? Because it doesn't look like her second special has a Zeta, correct? That's correct. There's only a Zeta on the unique. I think it's an Omega upgrade that adds the protection. I think it's health up until that point. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. That is really yeah. nice. Saving, saving people's Zetas there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, those very uh, precious Zetas. Indeed. Yeah, I think I want to say when we get to Rose, we'll see a similar thing. I think both characters require one data. I know some of the new characters, or some characters in general, have two, some have one. But yeah, I, I, we're all hungry for Zetas, myself <laughs> included. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, is there anything else we want to talk about with Holdo? I think that's. Uh, I think gear farming being lower. I think we can move on to re- um, Kiko if you want. Oh, the one thing I was cool. wondering, with so much utility on Holdo, is her health pool going to be closer to a General Kenobi or closer to, like, a Gamorrean Guard? Good question. Um, <laughs> I want to say Gamorrean Guard is less than General Kenobi. I think her max stats for health and protection are close to General Kenobi level. Um, they are pretty high, and we wanted them to be high enough to be an effective tank. And not be a squishy tank. <laughs> yeah. you know, Even though she does have a lot of utility on her kit, we, you know, like we wanted her to be able to take hits as well with the unique where she's going to be auto taunting. Gotcha, makes sense. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think Gamorian Guard is one of the the heftier tanks. Uh, I just don't have him geared, so I don't know. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um. So next character, like you said, Rose Tico. A brave resistance attacker who can stun and grant allies buffs. So we have a tank in Holdo, and now another resistance attacker with Rose. Sounds good to me. I mean, got a lot of, uh, well, it feels like there's a lot of support. And a couple tanks now with Holdo and Holdo and Poe and Finn to an extent if he's with Poe. Yeah. But uh, let's see. The only other the attackers were really Ray, Resistance Pilot, uh, Resistance Trooper. That was it before, right? So adding a, yeah, another attacker right. in there. Yep. Makes sense. All right. Well, let's go over these moves here. We got a basic called Courageous Shot. Deal physical damage to target enemy and grant tenacity up 
for two turns to a random resistance ally who doesn't have it. 50% chance to attack again. One, one attack, one extra attack per turn. I think this is awesome because anytime you can get tenacity up, especially on a basic attack, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if she attacks twice, I assume that will be given tenacity up to two different characters, correct? Yeah, you can trigger the tenacity up a second time if you proc the second attack, yeah. Nice. So that could be really useful, you know, if you have your Ray uh, Jedi training going pretty early, be able to call Rosen as an assist and hopefully give some tenacity up and prevent the other team from exposing you or anything of the sort. Yeah, it's a great point. If you can change some assists or increase her early attacks, you can really power up your tenacity really early in the, in the battle. Yeah, the uh, well, that that made my first question. Uh, I wonder how fast she is. You know, how often she's going to be able to get her basic off to grant that tenacity up. Is she a fast good. character? It's a good question. I think her speed is less than CLS, more than I'm trying to think of the, another one to reference. Well, more than Holdo's base, but Holdo also can grant speed from her unique, so that's a, we had to like give her a lower base stat because she was going to get so much extra speed from her unique. Yeah, yeah, get that extra fifty speed from Holdo, you know. Yeah, Zero. somewhere in the in the middle though. Mm, yeah, definitely in the, in the middle there, but she's decently fast. We wa we wanted to because she is a little bit more support in her abilities to have a good amount of speed. Makes sense. And she has the ability to gain uh, turn meter on her unique as well, which uh, has some synergy with expose. It's not in the same way where like she applies more exposes, like your classic uh, Zeta Finn compositions, but she can benefit from exposes being on the enemies. Well, Thanks. let's go ahead and talk about her unique ability, uh, Valiant Spirit. Uh, she has plus 10% offense for each exposed enemy. And whenever another resistance ally scores a critical hit, she gains 10% turn meter. Which is great, because if she's gaining turn meter and offense, because most more than likely you're getting more exposes out there for the critical hits under yep. RJT. So double, yep. double the benefit from that. So that's I think nice. this makes... This could make that uh, Zeta on BB-8 quite a bit more important as well, because if he's, you know, attacking outside of his turn and calling in another resistance character, you know, uh, she could be gaining, you know, up to 20% turn meter off of that. Yeah, you'd want any opportunities to get more multiple attacks or call, assist calls, um, crit chance, yeah, bb is going to help out there. This uh, unique Valiant Spirit is a good example of one that we had to do some heavy edits on, actually, when we were balancing it. At one point, we had considered doing... Uh, plus 10% offense for each expose on each enemy. So that number got exponentially higher when we were seeing, like, it was kind of wieldy. And, and it was also kind of hard to calculate because it's sometimes harder to see all the stacks mm -hmm. where it's very easy to see, okay, I see there's three, you know, exposes on three different characters. I can count that quickly. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. That makes cool. That is a good insight for, like, your... Uh, ability making because it's kind of hard you know as a as just a player with some of the abilities to see or just know where you're at with let's say these stacking abilities that characters have now or you know these things that work in the background where let here's an example Tarkin right so you <laughs> he's stacking all this potency to unleash this gigantic AoE attack but 
unless you're keeping track of you know your basic attacks and how much potency you're adding to him before you do it you don't really know so it's nice to have abilities where um it's easier to see or know what's going to happen before you do it you know what i mean yeah you don't want to have to keep mental math of that three digit potency number of tarkin for example right like we're trying to find ways to make it um clever strategy when you're playing it but not too much like record keeping or having to know those exact numbers at all times um, so, and, and one of the goals of, and the reason we made that edit is Rose is supposed to be a really powerful PvE character and really deliver some solid raid damage in the right compositions. So we didn't want that to be too unwieldy or unbounded, where, like, if we did make it all the stacks, like, I'm sure you guys have seen, like, 12-plus stacks <laughs> exposed on the enemy side, yeah. right, when you really get going, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one question I know people are going to ask. So, like, Ray, she has that multi-attack. Uh, with her special where she, say, crits three or four times. Mm-hmm. So is that going to have the chance to give uh, Rose 30 to 40% turn meter? I think if each one of those procs the crit, I think they will each add, and I'd have to double-check that to be 100% sure, but I want to say yes. <laughs> okay, cool. That could be really interesting with those two together. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, let's... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that Ray in a Ray Jedi training team is one composition people really like to use anyway. So yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot di- of double Ray, double droid going mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. With uh, General Kenobi, so you know, maybe uh, Holdo is that slot in there for that last spot being resistance for sure. Um. I wanted to touch on this uh, this first special of her, the Dauntless Bravery. Uh, again, Rose, both of her cooldowns are five-turn cooldowns. Uh, and she has two specials. But this one, uh, Resistance Allies gain the defense up for two turns. And for each Resistance Ally, you remove 8% turn meter from the target enemy. And then uh, Rose gains 10% turn meter for each Resistance Ally and each First Order enemy. And that's an attack that cannot be evaded. Uh, that's that is quite a bit of stuff going on there. Yeah, it can be a big uh, reversal if you've actually got a full battle of five resistance versus five first order. <laughs> Basically, get a you know full turn meter, buff your entire team, and then go use one of our other abilities right after, right? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's part of the reason that one has such a long cooldown. Um, don't want you to be able to spam that every two turns and just keep defense up up forever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, at one point, we had considered uh, doing more of an AOE turn meter removal uh, against the enemies, and it was a lower amount. Instead, we switched it to be more focused on a single target, uh, make her more utility, and being able to take out certain high-priority raid targets uh, or PvE targets. Mm-hmm. I have kind of a broader question, sort of. So uh, over the past few months, it seems like six months especially, We've really seen a lot of these newer characters that have a lot of synergy. I mean, you see, like, their uh, resistance is mentioned several times in each of their kits, you know, just kind of showing all that extreme synergy that they have. Uh, I mean, I assume that's been a pretty strong point of focus, correct? Yeah, on a lot of characters we do that. I mean, there are going to be some standalone characters that we want to be more versatile and which squad or faction they slotted into when they're being played 
I think definitely with the Resistance one and there not being a ton of Resistance characters versus the Rebels, we wanted them to have, be able to fit really well together and trying to achieve a, a state where you could play two full Resistance squads. That makes sense. I like it. Now the one, the the second special is the one that I think a lot of people, when they heard, when they guessed that Rose was going to be coming from the what's ahead, uh, in the last update post, was the shock prod strike. So you got a five turn cooldown on her second special shock prod strike. Deal special damage to target enemy and inflict stun for one turn. When the stun expires, the target is dazed for two turns, which can't be evaded or resisted. So double whammy on this move which i can see why you would throw the five turn cooldown on there but you stun them when they come out of the stun now they have days for two turns that's a pretty mm -hmm. powerful special i'd say and yeah i think it's really effective against some of the trouble characters right and the fact that it can't be evaded or resisted is huge oh for a lot of our characters with stun it's not always reliable right or it gets resisted and... is yeah. the stun unavailable or resistible, or is it just the days after the stun? I, I think it's the entire portion. Uh, no, you're right. The days, the days for sure is the part that can't be evaded or resisted. So if they resist the stun, then they won't get the days. So you got to make sure. It's just so potency on her is probably a pretty good idea. Yeah, and something else is say if. Something I've been doing in the arena is like running Rex on occasion just for the tenacity up. So even if you had somebody that did a cleanse that gave tenacity up or something that got rid of the stun, they would still get that daze because it can't be resisted, correct? Let's see. Can, can you repeat one more time? Sorry. Um. So, like, if, say, Rex were to cleanse someone that was stunned by this ability uh, and give them tenacity up, would they still get that daze inflicted since it can't gotcha. be resisted? Okay. Um, so it says when it expires, so it should trigger, and because it cannot be evaded, it should still apply. I, ha I okay. have not personally tested that exact interaction, but I want to say, yes, that it should apply the daze. I say I know that's okay. a interaction that's cool. that a lot of people wonder when these abilities come out is the interaction between the word expired uh and what that actually means so like is expired mean it ran its full course on the character or when it was just dropped off the character you know what i mean that's a good point i think it's whenever the buff is removed or in this case debuff um and yeah there's not a lot of debuffs that will go through rex's like dispel and tenacity up so I, think I want to say it's one of the few ones. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. For sure. Well, you know how much I know. Wink knows at least how much I love days. So, even more days, I'll take it. So add <laughs> add that AOE days. Add some more days from uh, her stun stun and days. That's pretty sweet. I would say. So the so she's an attacker. Uh, how uh, strong are her attacks? Pretty heavy hitting, um, and, and definitely if you can actually get the exposes on enemies, then you're going to get see a ton of a damage increase with the offense up from her Valiant Spirit. I think that's why we've been seeing um, some really solid results with her in, in raids and some of the compositions. Um, I think we'll be surprised to see how good she is in some of the raids. Uh, 
That's a pretty interesting point. Like phase three, you know, if you're able to expose a lot of those side droids, I mean, she's going to have a ton of offense. Oh, yeah. With the, what is it? Six or seven of them standing there all the time? Yeah. yeah so you potentially have 70% increase in uh, offense. Yeah, Six droids plus. Definitely crazy. Very cool. Well. So. Uh, um, are these characters actually being released on Thursday? Um, Nick, do you know the timing? The timing? Uh, we have not announced yet as of okay. when they will be in the game, but it will be very soon. Okay, and are we able okay. to talk about any kind of like how they're going to be introduced? Like, are they going to? Yes, be we can talk about the the, the marquee. Events. Okay, yeah. So there will there will be. Two marquee events, one for each of them, um, okay. to introduce the players to it. I like that we've added those, and you get to kind of like play them before you actually have the character fully powered up. Yeah, that's a lot of fun actually getting to test them in our own teams. Well, the um, the oh. evolution of those marquee events, where now you're getting to use them at the high level with the abilities upgraded, it really yeah. gives you a much better sense of what they can do. You know. Yeah, sure. I mean, it might take me months before I actually get to gear up, you know, a new character, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, getting it. But, yeah, it gives you, you a good what's... idea of, like, well, like let's say Talzin, when she came out, using her at a full in full force in that uh, Night Sister team in the marquee event, let you know exactly what she could do. Same thing with yep. Kylo Ren, or unmasked Kylo Ren. So. It's like a nice little test drive. Uh so one thing was like uh, first order executioner, uh, his event gave us him at two stars if I remember correctly. Do you know what star level we'll be getting Holdo and Rose at? It's a good question. I know they both unlock at two stars. I want to say that the event will either give us enough for a two star or three star version. I think it's two star and it gives you some shards toward three. I want to say I think that's what we've been going with lately. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that was about what uh, the last one was, 25 yeah. out of 30 or so uh, to the third star. So. Uh, the next question is, I think, a biggie with when people see Holdo is, does she have a capital ship? Do either of these characters have ships? Um, is that something we're getting with them? Uh, there will be no ship launched at the same exact time, and we can't speculate or go into any future ships that may or may not come out. Okay. It's a good question, because her name in the movie is like Vice Admiral Holdo, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where all the speculation <laughs> comes from. But, yeah, there's a lot. It's it'll be it's interesting for sure. So my, another question I have for you. So we got, we're getting Rose and we're getting Holdo. We got Kylo Ren unmasked, Special Forces TIE Fighter, and uh, First Order Executioner. What uh, what goes into choosing what characters you guys are, you know, choose to develop? Good question. Um, yeah, we want to add lots of new characters, and there's some that we always come back to after new movies or new content comes out in the Star Wars universe. Um, sometimes a combination of okay, if we only can pick a few, which ones make sense to add right now? Um, I, I guess I would ask like, kind of what other characters do you guys think might be interesting to add from uh, TLJ? 
Um, <laughs> I, That's I, a good question. I don't know what you could do with Snoke, but I feel like he's such an interesting, curious character, and also the Praetorian guards. I definitely want the guards because they're just awesome looking. Yeah, there's a lot of people that always are always looking for named characters, but I also enjoy a lot of the unnamed characters because a lot of times they can come out with the pretty interesting kits just based because you can base you know what you do with the character not on their personality i guess is what i'm thinking but praetorian guards for sure uh snoke would be interesting i don't i mean i don't know if you're gonna if there'll be a chance for the ninth movie for him to ever make a comeback but they something i'd like to know too (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) I could look into my crystal ball. I don't know. There just wasn't a whole lot of new characters. And I think I saw this mentioned somewhere on the forums or on Reddit that, you know, I th- maybe it was Capgas said something about The Last Jedi being a couple days after TFA ended or something like that. So, like, how different can the characters actually be from the original movie? Right, like if we were to release a TLJ fan or a TLJ um, Poe or something, right? Like, have they have they yeah. developed much in the days that had transpired from TFA ending to TLJ starting? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Or That's here's one for you. How about a R2 or sorry, R2, a BB-8 inside of an ATAT? Can we get that? <laughs> <laughs> well. That's something else would be like a dark side droid, like the is it BB nine BB nine E. Yeah, that guy's. Yeah, cool. that would be pretty cool because you know the lack of dark side. Uh, I feel like that droids got hyped up a little bit in marketing around the release of the movie, and we didn't see it that much in the actual movie. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing, wasn't it? I was hoping for like a uh, BB nine and BB eight showdown or something, but kind of like it, a pow sadly. or <laughs> kind of like pow did. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of possibilities there. I'm, I'm sure that we'll be looking at, you know, seeing which other characters should be included from this movie and other movies coming forward, but no official news on which characters yet. Ooh, no. I got a good question for you. So with the, with the news that the Han Solo movie is being, or might be being moved to December, does that affect you guys in your character creation or planning for characters based on movie times? Like, if that does get moved, does that hurt you guys, or does it do anything to you guys? I don't think it hurts us, but it would rearrange our scheduling and timing of, like, what characters we're wanting to release around that time in the movie. We like to, either with the movie or shortly after, release some of the new characters that go with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard officially... A statement of postponing it. I know the trailer's not out yet, so... <laughs> yeah, we're almost yeah. in February, and it comes out in May. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we shall see. So, um, we've got about five minutes left uh, before I can end with you guys, but I want to throw one more question out to you. Since we talked about compositions of squads, what squad compositions do you think you'll be trying to go for if you decide to go for two full resistance squads? How would you divide those characters up? That is a fantastic question, and one I'm probably going to have to uh, be thinking about a little bit, but I definitely like um, 
uh, oh, which character was it? Holdo. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of uh, using her um, with the, I guess, the more typical current resistance team. You know, the Jared Training Ray, R2, and BB-8. Because the health and protection recovery and giving out the additional foresight that also can recover health and stuff, I think could be really interesting. And that would finally give you a chance to get, uh, you know, Kenobi out of that team and put, you know, someone that kind of does the same thing he does anyway, just with more synergy for them. Because I feel like he's just, he's too, you know, he's too important to take out that team currently. And I think she would fit in really well. And then it frees him up for another team, which is good for Territory War. Territory exactly, Wars, Dark yeah. Side, or Dark Side, Light Side Territory Battles, for yeah. sure. Uh, that I'm with Wink. I was thinking, you know, use Holdo to take out my General Kenobi. But the real question was whether I would want to put Rose on that team or the Finn team because the only reason I think that I might keep her with RJT, BB-8, R2, and Holdo is because of the lack of, of the ability to put out Exposes herself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's yeah. Because your uh, traditional like Zeta Finn team, you really want to have a lot of ex- expose applicable yep. um, characters that can apply it. Yeah. And Finn and Poe typically go together because Poe has that, you know, the AOE that can expose enemies. So I feel like Rose could be really good with the two of them. So I'd probably put her over there and then kind of slot the other characters in wherever I can. You know, that's a good point. I'd probably switch. Uh, Rose in on the original resistance team in Ray's spot and move Ray in with the double Ray droids Holdo team because of that reason. I think yeah, that uh, effective. Yeah, because Rose, if Rose was it, Rose, makes sense to be now that I think about it in the original Finn team because of all the exposes and the extra offense she gets from that. So uh, depending on how hard she hits normally uh you know she could be the the ray on the original resistance team with how hard she hits and then adding extra offense with those exposes will just make it even better i think yeah there's that core of finn poe trooper and pilot but then a lot of people are running ray or bba or someone else in that fifth slot on the zeta finn team so Mm -hmm. yeah i can see her going in there potentially um do you guys have any last questions as we wrap up um, I would just ask uh, one last thing. What is your favorite thing that you have worked on since you've been working on Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> hmm. I would probably... Mean? I'm going to say Territory Battles. Um, it it was an interesting road to get to. We, you know, we started with high level discussions. We actually built out paper kits. We got the entire studio together to play through beta tests and even at times play like board game versions of it way before it got programmed. Um, and it was a way for us to find more interesting ways in PVE to use a variety of different squads and feel like you're playing with your guild more than just a raid where it's often you're playing by yourself and competing against your guild mates. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Very cool. Good answer. 
and I'd like to see more territory battles in the future and see what other planets we could go to. So. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. Lots of uh, lots of options with that for sure. Maybe the Forest Moon of Endor eventually. cool well uh brandon we really appreciate you coming on um you know talking about these characters with us uh it's been a lot of fun and um it was great getting to see an inside view of kind of what went into these characters and some of the things y'all thought about while designing them uh really appreciate your time thank you for having me it was great talking to you guys yeah for sure thanks man we appreciate you And a big thanks to you guys for listening. If you want more from the Shattered Order, check us out on Twitter, at Shattered Order. If you want to check us out in our awesome community on Discord, head to discord.me slash Shattered Order. And episode 82 of the main podcast will be coming out tonight, January 25th. So once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the Force be with you.